Welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Christians often struggle to talk about areas of deep hurt like trauma or abuse, shame or betrayal. These are deep soul wounds. Friend, Christ came to not only heal us from our sin, but from our soul wounds as well. My name is Kristen Klaus and I'm a licensed professional counselor and author. And my guest and I are here to walk with you on your healing journey. We see you and hear you. Friend, if you hang with me, apply these truths to your life, you will be on your own path to a fully restored story. Grab your coffee, tea, or favorite drink, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Kristen Klaus, and you're listening to the Fully Restored Podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by Kanita Williams, who is a contributing author to the She Writes for Him Black Voices of Wisdom book that has just been released. Kanita is a gem for the kingdom of God. She is a powerhouse for God. The first time I had an opportunity to meet her, I believe we were all in a group together at a writer's conference last summer and just so blessed by her heart, the wisdom and insight that she has. And ladies, You are going to be blessed by her today. Kanita, welcome to the Fully Restored Podcast. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Kristen. I am thrilled to have you here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, the work you do, and your family? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Kanita Williams, as Kristen mentioned, actually known as Coach K, and I am an accountability coach. So I push women, men, and all that will listen to be who God called them to be, lay aside every weight, lay aside anything that's holding you back to just move forward in the purpose and the life and plan that God has called you to be. So that's my purpose and goal in life is to help others shine and be who God called them to be. I'm a military spouse. My husband served in the Air Force for 24 years, recently retired. And as for me, I worked as a civil servant and now I'm able to transition over to counseling and coaching and just walking in the purpose myself. I am also, I forgot my babies. I have to say, I was going to ask. (laughs) A mom of two. So I have a 20 year old. She is at Charleston Southern University. She is a rising junior. And I have my son, Nicholas, who is 11 in the sixth grade. That is amazing. Um, I love, I just have to say, I'm a military mom. So I am so grateful for the service that your husband and you have done for our country. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Yeah. So, Kanita, can you share with us about your own fully restored story? Yeah. You know, Kristen, when you ask me this question, my mind just goes back to just being that military spouse, young and not knowing, let alone how to be a wife, but then also being taken all across the world, being a military spouse. So, just finding those moments where I didn't even know myself anymore. You know, I was just my husband's wife or my child's mother. And it got to the point where I was like, God, who am I? And so when I talk about and think about being fully restored, I think about, you know, just getting caught up in who the world told me I was supposed to be, who just just life tells you you're supposed to be and pushes you and gravitates you to. And then I think about how I had that 
what you call like an aha moment. Like, but who did God call you to be? Who did I tell you you are? We get caught up in moments of where life didn't look like the picture that we painted it to be. But God had to remind me that he was ordering my steps and all the things that I was seeing and being a part of and experiencing. I needed to look at it that way and find where he was in each and every moment, creating me to be who I am today having all these experiences that many people don't get to experience, you know, living in Alaska, living in England, Germany, Korea, you know, all these different places and taking those places and steps to be who God called me to be. So in these last few years, I can honestly say that's my restored story is putting all these pieces together and actually looking in the mirror and loving who God called me to be and actually walking in it and helping other people do the same. And so that would be why you're coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly that, you know, as a military spouse, as, uh, you know, being young, I mean, when I'm married, I was 20 years old, I'm now 43. So, you know, 23 years later, now looking at myself and saying, wow, you know, look where God has brought me from. And so now I can help those young married couples, those young military spouses, those young ones that are looking for answers and tell them that, you know, you could be who you call to be. You don't have to get caught up in what life is telling you you're supposed to be, but let's look at the plan God has for you. So that was the restored moment for me to actually look at the master's plan and not everybody else's plan. Yeah, that is good wisdom to recognize that. And I see as military spouses, it's easy to lose your own identity. Oh my goodness. It, it's such an easy thing to do. I mean, even as women as a whole, you know, we, yeah. we have our children, we get married, all these pictures that we paint, you know, when we're 19 years old, 18 years old and coming into life, you know, and then when it doesn't exactly look like that picture we painted, sometimes shrink back and, and think that it can never be But God is saying that, you know, I knew your name far before anybody called you mom, right? Yeah. (laughs) And it's just that reminder that we have to just look at who he created us to be so we can continue to walk in those steps. I say this on my show all the time because this is something that is just part of, you know, how we have those things that are on our heart to share with other people. And I always say, God, I'm not content with being just a pinky of who you created me to be. I want to walk in the fullness of who I was created for. And I want that for everybody that I work with. Like, I don't want you to be content with just being a pinky. There is a full body, a fullness of who God created you to be. You, Kanita, me, and our listeners. And we need to step into that fullness. And if we're so focused on what others want or what others expect, we're missing it. We're asking the wrong people what we should be doing with our life. Instead, be asking God as you're talking about that. So good. I love that. I love how you gave that analogy, you know, that little pinky, you know, we kind of accept just the little small things sometimes and God is saying, no, there's a whole big picture. Like there's a whole full picture. And I just love how you share that because it does, it's such a reality check, right? You know, God wants to give us so much more. We want to hold on to that one little piece. And he's like, no, I have so much more for you. I love that. Yeah. And the other side of that is, you know, 
because we've moved. We were in Washington State and we moved to Kentucky. And two years before moving, we knew we were supposed to move. There was a lot of things going on in our family at the time. And my prayer over and over, and I continue to pray this, is God realign us back into the fullness of who you created each of us to be. You know, there is a a man of God you created my husband to be, a woman of God you created me to be, and there's a couple that you created us to be. But God, life has just gotten us sidetracked. So Lord, we surrender our life and we ask you realign us back into that fullness so we can walk out the purpose that you have for us. And where we moved was not where we were looking. <laughs> we were looking, um, it actually was an area that I said, my husband and I were talking because I have asthma and allergies. It's like, no, I don't think we should live in that area because it's horse country and there's a lot of grass and stuff. And this is where God wanted us to be. And when we surrendered that to him and he led us to this house and we came and visited this community, we knew without a shadow of a doubt, God was calling us here. And so we have to line ourselves up with God in prayer and in action. Oh, I love that. And I know that story. It's so familiar to me. You know, yeah. <laughs> you pick up and you move. We actually moved from Florida to Alaska. And it was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's been um, so good to us and for us. Yeah. And God knew even when we didn't know. So I definitely can relate to that, Kristen. Yeah, we've actually done this three times in our lives. And each time it's just been an act of obedience and not sure what God has for us. And when we moved here, each time it's been we didn't have jobs lined up. Uh, Well, one, my husband was still within an area where he could work, where he had his job, but it was definite big moves of just an act of obedience to God. But anyways, let's get on to this. I want to hear from you as a contributing author to the She Writes for Him Black Voices of Wisdom book. What's the message of your chapter that you would like to share with our listeners today? Oh, I'm so excited for this book, Kristen. And my chapter is chapter 12. And it is love our neighbor, love yeah. thy neighbor. The thing that I really wanted to point out, the the major points in my chapter is God is love. And ra- racism causes us to not love Christ and not live by his commandments. And he encourages us to love our neighbor. And the other point that I want the reader that's reading chapter 12 to get is we are all God's children. We have more likenesses than differences. Because I reflect on Galatians 3 and 26, where it says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. We're all his children. Amen. And we are so much alike, more than different. And so when we can grab a hold of those points, it will take away the racism point because we are all one in here. Absolutely. And I have to say that through a lot of the reading of this, there have been many tears. There have been many moments of just anger of, of what you all have had to go through in your lifetime and your story. Here you are serving and somebody is being racist towards you and didn't want to to vote. And I appreciate you being open and transparent with us about your experience. Yeah. And, you know, all honesty, as we were 
looking and searching and asking God for the story to share, the testimony to share in the book itself. I was just searching and there's so many experiences that I could have reflected on, but God really led me to this one because it was about us being new creatures in Christ. You know, old things should be passed away. Behold, we should become new, right? And so when I looked at I was in awe of, you know, the response of me just here trying to serve, me just trying to do my job and to be treated differently because of the color of my skin. It blew my mind because I had never experienced anything like that before. You know, me, I grew up in the North, which we were gray. You know, we, we loved everyone sat at my dinner table. My mom fed the children in the neighborhood. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, you couldn't come over because you were this color. You can't come because your parents are this way. Yeah. It was never any of that. So for me to experience something like this in my adult life after moving down South and I'm experiencing that, it was really mind blowing to me because I was raised on these principles, you know, that we're all children of Christ. And uh, if you weren't raised that way and you become a Christian, your mind should be changed because even though you might have seen something differently in your past, we're all new creatures in Christ and old things should be passed away. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate how your openness and, and just what you shared and the wisdom that you come through with that because he was horrible and the words that he said to you and the way that he treated you, and that he walked away. So thank you for sharing about that. And just, I love that, that God is love and racism causes us to not love like Christ commands us. Like that is a powerful statement that you had shared with me, and that we're all God's children, and we have more likeness than difference. And what a difference our world would be if we focused on our likeness instead of our difference. Oh man, if we would just take a hold of just just that principle alone, yeah. just that, you know, that one sentence that we have so much more like, I mean, look at the situations that we're living in now between 2020 and 2021, right? Yeah. We all experienced the same things. You know, we were all experienced COVID. We all experienced this whole quarantine where everything was shut down. So those yeah. things that make us all different, that we're all so different, but yet going through the same things, if we would look at life in that lens yeah. and from the eyes of Christ, it would change our world. It would change who we are and how we react. And because I feel like a lot of things that um, we face, Kristen, is really brought off of like outside influences you know we we grew up in a world where you know you have stereotypes and I talk about um, implicit bias all the time you know you don't even realize that we're having this bias or reactions and it's just kind of ingrained in us just by reading the newspaper or watching tv or growing up around certain people and you don't realize it's in you until it comes out yeah and when it comes out what we need to do is acknowledge it so that we can change it. But if we deny it, we'll never change. Oh, so good. And that's such a true statement. I mean, if we say, oh, I'm I'm not racist. I don't, you know, when all of this came up in society last year, when the George Floyd situation came about and a lot of people's eyes were open and we were asking more questions and it was like, well, that's not me. You know, I was hearing this a lot. Like, that's not me. I have black friends or I have, you know, different friends. I am diverse. But when we really sat down at the table and started talking about things, it was eye opening. 
to see that we all had a little bit there in us that calls us to think differently of people or react differently of others. It's a thing that we have to, like you said, we inspect ourselves and see what we're feeling. And if we see it there, we do something about it and we admit that, okay, that's there. How can I change this? It starts with us. We have to be the change. It does. And, And having conversations and recognizing I may say something and I don't realize that what I have said is offensive. And to have a brother or sister in Christ that from whatever ethnic group to say to me, you know what, Kristen, that statement is offensive. And for me to be able to say, tell me why so I can change instead of me getting defensive. And I'm like, I'm working on this. Like nobody has arrived. I'm working on this of like, okay, God, help me to recognize. And if I've said something or done something, then bring it to my attention because my intention is not to offend, to hurt, to bruise somebody else by my actions or my words. And we, we hurt one another. And so the only way to get past that, to move through it, because you can't really get past it, to move through it is to go through it. Like you got to have that conversation. You got to be willing to sit at the table. A lot of what the interviews I've been having with you beautiful women from this book has been about listening, about just sitting and listening. And I've been hearing that a lot in our world is you just need to sit and listen. And it's our time to speak. It's our time to share. So when this opportunity came up to have these interviews, it was like, Lord, you know, use this because I want to create a place where women can speak and I want your stories to be heard and we need to listen. And I have much to learn, Kanita. I have much to learn from you and your friends that have written in this book and other women in my community and other friends that I have that are from different ethnic backgrounds as me. We need to focus on what about me, Lord? Search my heart. I love that. And I appreciate that, Kristen. I appreciate the spirit within you to even have that mindset because that's what it's all about. And that's the only way that we're going to see a change and a difference. You know, have we dealt with racism before in our society? Absolutely. You know, have we experienced this? I mean, we can go back to Dr. King. We can go back to, you know, the civil rights movement. And we've seen situations like this before. You know, we've seen George Floyd situations before, but I believe for a time such as this is that our eyes are open, ears are open, we are ready to hear as a whole, as as a society, we are different. And I, I believe that that's what's making it different this time, because these situations have been going on for years and decades. And now it's just a time where God has set it in a special time frame where more eyes are open. Yeah. More hearts are open. And now it's time for our voices to be heard. Because when you don't know, you don't know. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're saying, I want to know, I want to know more about it. Because I've had situations, um, you know, like I said, in, in this chapter, that's just one story that I had to share. I have so many more. I'm 43 years old and I have so many more stories to share. I can go out and talk to my mother right now who lived through the civil rights movement, you know, and she has so many stories to share, right? 
But for such a time as this, I really believe that more people are willing to hear and willing to have the hard conversations, willing to sit at a table and even use their sphere of influence and power to be able to make a difference and make a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's what I'm grateful for, Kristen, for this time. Yeah. Well, you know, I need to learn. I need to learn and I want to be part of the change, but I can't be part of the change if I base it on my perception because my perception is part of the issue. I've got to be willing to listen first so that I know how to change. And I think probably one of the things that frustrates me the most in all honesty right now is I feel that there are a lot of Caucasian white voices speaking for the black community. And it's not my job to speak for you. It is my job to listen. And that's probably one of my biggest frustrations where I'll turn off the news or I'll pass something in social media because it's your voice needs to be heard. Your perspective needs to be heard, not my opinion of your perspective. And when we sit and truly listen and not give our perception and our opinions, then change can start happening. And I just feel there we're still at the table. We're still at the point where we need to sit and listen. I don't think that's done. Right. And, you know, and I, and I love that you see it that way. And cause it's so true. And, it, but it's, it's about, there's so many, for example, other topics, you know, that are the same way, you know, you don't know unless you walk through it. Like, yeah. you know, I can't speak of hunger or poverty or, or being addicted to drugs. And I can, empathize with those that have went through. And like I said, as a counselor, as a coach, I sit and I, I counsel ones that have went through molestation and, and different things. Right. But I can't tell their story like they can tell their story. Right? That's right. I can't share their testimony like they can share their testimony of deliverance from alcohol, deliverance from smoking or any of those things. Because I, Kanita, haven't lived it. I, I didn't have an abusive father. My father was a good father. I knew who he was. He came home every night, you know. So I can't tell the story of a young lady who doesn't know who their father is, who doesn't know who, you know, their mother was. I can't tell the story the way they can tell their story. So I feel like if you would, as a whole and as a people, would look at this in the same light, yeah, you would good. see what I'm trying to say, right? You would see yeah. that I've been an educated black female that has traveled the world and have many experiences. But yet when I go to an interview, I have to give a whole dissertation about, you know, who I am much deeper than just me walking in and you reading my resume. You see me walk in the door and there's a whole nother perspective or or you see something totally different because of the color of my skin. And then I have to work 10 times harder. And I've experienced that. I've experienced the person not having as much experience as I have. And I've sat at tables and unfortunately, even Christian tables, I've sat in different programs being a military spouse, like I said, traveled and sat in the chapel system where I brought a program to the table and presented it, created it, developed it. And then after it was launched, it became wonderful and great. And then I was told that I don't think others will follow you. So maybe we'll put her in this seat and you help her. I lived this. Yeah. And it's so sad because there was no other answer to why this person was doing this Mm -hmm. other than the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. You know, why wouldn't they follow someone who has the experience, who's proven myself, who has a good name? Why wouldn't they follow me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, he couldn't explain it. Wow. So that brings me to, because your life experience. So with your life experience, where God has brought you today, what are two, three, four, whatever things that you can share with our listeners as they're navigating their own journey of healing on this life that each of us are on? Right. You know, like I said, it goes back to the very beginning. Like we are all God's children. We are all God's children. We all we've come into when we say that we're Christians and he's our father, it says that all things are passed away. Behold, we have become new. And then we say that we're all his children by our faith. We're saying these words, but we have to live what we say. So when I'm saying and I'm reaching out in my chapter or even as I interview as all these interviews and opportunities are coming open, this is what I want people to know, that it's not just words. It's not just reading the scriptures. Faith without works is dead. We have to step out and do the work. We have to have hard conversations. You know, communication is key. We need to sit around at the table and the the things that we don't like to talk about, that's the only way we're going to be able to tear down these walls is to have those hard conversations, ask questions, do your research, read books and find out these answers to why you feel a certain way. And, And if you were raised a certain way, try to walk in the newness of Christ and see what Christ says about it. What does God say about this? Yeah. It just look around your circle. I, like I said, I've had the opportunity to be a military spouse and travel all over the world and have friends from all ethnic groups and backgrounds. And so that within itself, I just feel like I'm graced with that. But I challenge those out there, you know, look around your table. If everyone looks just like you, ask yourself why. Yeah. And then Like you said, take that step further to do something about it. Be the change. Mm -hmm. Go out and make a new friend from a different background. And I feel like that's that's how I look at my life being so rich. I have so many friends from different backgrounds. And my children have been raised in a circle like that as well. I mean, from having Hispanic godparents. And, you know, it's just wherever we found the love, that's where we gravitated to. Yeah. It wasn't about do they look like us or their background like us. No. Do you love Jesus like I do? Then yeah. let's talk about it. Yes. <laughs> And, you know, that's what strengthened us. That's what kept us. And it's so much more than just color. And it's all about your heart and your spirit and loving the father like I do. We have the same father. So I challenge yeah. I challenge you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to step out in the unknown and ask questions and sit at the table. I can respect someone to tell me, Kanita, I just don't know. Then you just guess about it or you just assume. I would rather you ask me about it. You know, if my hair looks different and you want to ask the question, ask about it. Let's talk about it, you know? And that's what makes us different. That's what makes us such a better place. You know, I talk all the time about letting our light shine and showing our good work so he could be glorified. We let our light shine. We're all different. If we let our light shine and we let it shine together, we're much brighter together. Amen. And you have a couple of books you recommend that you had shared with me. And one of them I have, I just haven't read yet, but I didn't realize that Tony Evans had a book as well. What are those two that you recommend to read? Gosh, I love Dr. Tony Evans. I know. Such a teacher. He's such an inspiration. 
and he lives what he speaks. So I always seem to gravitate to him and his family because you see them living what they teach, right? Yeah. And um, yeah. so Dr. Tony Evans has Oneness Embraced. It's such a good study. It's one of those books where you can grab a hold of a couple girlfriends and just sit around the table and talk about it. Uh, I have um, a friend, some friends that we did a virtual Bible study through this book. And it was, they just wanted to know when all the George Floyd situation came up, they just wanted to know. And I'm one about teaching other than just telling you. So that was one book that really helped me navigate through and share and inspire others through by using this book, Dr. Tony Evans' Oneness Embrace. Mm-hmm. And then there's another book that you recommend, Be the Bridge. Be the Bridge by Latasha Morrison. Um, definitely a great perspective on being the bridge, closing the gap. Uh, I believe that that's what God has put me on this earth to do because I love just bringing people together from all walks of life, from different generations. And I really related and love the perspective that she brought to the table with her Be the Bridge with Hasha Morrison. And um, so those two together really helped me because I got to see a male perspective in a female perspective. So um, I believe that those would be great resources if you want to find somewhere to start and to definitely just mix them together, give you some answers on. And from a scriptural sense, they both do. It's a scriptural base. Both books are. So it will help you um, see what the father says about it. Yeah. Be the Bridge. That is a really timely book. I don't know when Dr. Tony Evans' book came out, but Be the Bridge was released. Um, it, it's about a, a year or two old. It's not a very old book, right? Not at all. It's uh, I think it's about two years old. Yeah. Very timely. Very timely. Yeah. And Dr. Tony's, I think his new edition was released around the same time as well. Okay. Yeah, because Be the Bridge, that is one of the books that I have seen the most um, people talking about. And um, I just, I have a stack of books and I have not gotten to all my stack of books, but I need to put that at the top of my book. I really do, because Being the Bridge is something that I feel in general in my life that God has called me to, to be a bridge to those to all the different, to me, cultures represent multiple things. So for me, like the culture of those that have been abused and how can I be a bridge to get them into the church and and to help the church uh, minister to them? And so you could say that for those experiencing homelessness or those experiencing domestic violence in their life or addiction, you know, all the things and to be the bridge but I need to read this book because this is an area that I need to work on because we all need to, well, not all of us, um, but a, a lot of us need to work on this. And so how can I be the bridge? And it, and she's giving the perspective of what is kind of the premise of the story of her book. Yes. So, so she's given the perspective of being a black female in, you know, today's society and um, being able to, you know, be not only in the spiritual side of things, but also in just the corporate world and the things that we experience as a black female, even though you're educated, even though you have all the things that society tells you to check off and you did the right things, but you're still having to fight a battle because of the mm. color of your skin. So the things that, you know, often don't get looked at or viewed, or even if I tell you something that, hey, I really feel like that I was discriminated against, right? And then 
if you, my friend, Kristen has never experienced that because you're a white female and you're like, Nina, no way. It's 2021. No way you experienced something like that. So it just kind of defines and shows you that because of the color of her skin, that that's how she was treated. And a lot of us, well, me, I can say that I went through some of the same situations and scenarios. Yeah. And because of you want to believe that society has moved on and are not treating people this way because of their skin and they're only looking at the person itself. You want to believe that, but unfortunately, that's not always the truth. And so I think it just brings the highlight to listen to others, you know, value what I'm saying to you and, and know that it's true if I'm saying it and not brush it aside because you never experienced it. Yeah. And really the whole theme of all of my interviews, you're my sixth one of the women of this book is listen and sit with it. And yeah, to listen, like to just to sit and listen. And, you know, like I said, not for me to be quick about my opinions, but just, or my experiences or perceptions, but to listen. So I so appreciate your willingness to be open and transparent and to educate, you know, you're educating me. You have inspired me. You know, I have the one book, but you've inspired me. I've got to get Dr. Tony Evans. And those two books have to be at the top of my book pile because I need to focus on those because that's it's valuable. And that shows that you're valuable to me, that I put that focus on reading those books. So how can people connect with you online and purchase your books? Do you have just this book or do you have other books? I do. I do have other books. I was in the original She Writes for Him. Yes. And um, yes. We were in that together. We were in that together. (laughs) Yes. Together we collaborated with the other authors for that. So I am a part of the original She Writes for Him. And we also, last year, the military... Some, some other military spouses, we collaborated together with uh, Brave, Brave Women, Strong Faith. Yeah. And so that came out. And then I have my book that will be coming out this year. I'm super excited about is Free to See, Moving from Disappointment and Distraction to Clarity. When does that book come out? So that will be out this spring. Okay. Well, you need to talk to me because we'll have you back on here after that book comes out. And I, I would, would love to hear that. Yeah, absolutely love to do that. And you can reach me at www.kanitawilliams.com. So all the books are right there. And then, of course, the She Writes for Him, Black Voices of Wisdom is going to be coming out our official launch on the 16th with this next Tuesday. So we're excited about that as well. But all of my books are right there on my website. And that's how you can reach me. And then also on Facebook, it's Model for the King is my page, Model for the King. Wonderful. And by the time, friends, you listen to this podcast, the book is out. So you can go to Kanita's website and you can purchase the book um, because she's talking about March 15th. So Kanita, thank you so much for joining us today. I so appreciate your transparency and openness 
and your wisdom that you have to share with us. Our show notes and all the links shared with us today can be found at my website, fullyrestored.love. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all of the shows. And I would love and appreciate it if you could leave a review and a rating as well, whatever platform you listen to us on. And also if you would share this podcast with your friends and family. I would love to stay connected with you. So you can find me on my Instagram or Facebook pages. Both of those are at author Kristen Klaus. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Fully Restored Podcast and you, like me, feel like you're walking away with some valuable tools, some clear direction. I have an assignment. I hope you are all walking away with an assignment as well. For me, I'm going to get this other book and I'm going to make that a priority to read those books as well as reaching out to our brothers and sisters in Christ that are in the Black community, building friendships, as Kanita said, you know, having friendships with a variety of ethnic backgrounds, looking around at our own circle of friends, looking at our own life, evaluating that and saying, how can I be a part of the bridge and not one destroying the bridge? And remember, friends, nothing or no one is beyond restoration with our Jesus.